Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We are excited today because one, I get to sit close to you again for a whole message, which is Look, pretty it's cool. Our daily reality at the moment is no other choice. <laughs> you were hoping to get a little bit of space, but nope. No, not only do you have me, but uh, I'm not sure if you can see that. Yeah, there's a there's a clear shadow on that upper lip, which is again just such a glorious Talk time. About conflict resolution when your husband grows a moustache. That's it. Conflict resolution. Part two, if you weren't part of part one three weeks ago, I really encourage you to jump online. There's a whole bunch of messages from the last number of weeks that you can listen to. And again, if you've just got space and time, jump in there. There's so many great messages from the last season that really keep feeding into where we're at. But we wanna go to part two. Talk about something we're pretty passionate about because relationships are the ultimate goal in which God created us for is to have relationship and to be able to do that. But conflict is a key part of actually navigating life. To navigate conflict is an ability to navigate life. And so let's pray as we jump into it. Father, we pray that as You have been so clearly over this service and over this time, pray that You just open our hearts to be able to again receive from You. Pray that we'd get wisdom and gold from You, Your Word, that would assist us to in this season, in this time where it seems like things are breaking down, we declare it's a building season a building and a strengthening of friendships, a building and a strengthening of marriages, a building and a strengthening of the family home. Lord, business leaders with staff that are, Lord, outside of the the context of their normal workplace, we declare it's a building season. Lord, building season, building season, building season in Jesus' Name. You say Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen. And so we talked about this dynamic that how we do conflict will either deepen or damage our relationship. So the way we deal with conflict is really, really uh, critical. In fact, conflict does not actually need to result in casualty. Conflict has a negative word. It sounds like, oh, it's going to be harsh and it's going to be bad. But actually, conflict can be the catalyst for increased community, connection, clarity, and also unity. And I love what Ephesians 4, 3 says. It says, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Yeah, and so last time we talked about and just encourage you, like Pastor Craig said, to look back at part one uh, because there was so much in that, but we talked about going to God first. So when conflicts arise, go to God first because it's when we go to God that we allow our own heart to get right as well. I love what James 4 verse 1 says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Mm. And so with every conflict, there's always desires that rise up in us that make the conflict tense. Right. And so we may need to make sure that we go to God first and we allow Him to work on our hearts so we can come with that purity of heart and humility. And then we, um, I, I love this line that we talked about, you know, are we fighting to be right or are we fighting to unite? Yeah, that the essence of conflict is to build for unity. And then we also looked at, uh, talked about going to the source, not to gossip. And so having that maturity to actually go to the person, not to talk around them, not to talk about them behind our backs, but 
behind their back, sorry, but to actually go to the person, to go to the source and to have that maturity to do that because that's what relationally builds because otherwise we leave other people with our stuff with a, a, a sense of residue from our stuff and we don't deal with it in the right way. So going to the source is really important. But today yeah, we did want to get really practical and yeah. how we, we do that as well, how we uh, talk to people, how we confront things in the right way so that we build in unity. Yeah, that's right. And so hopefully today we're going to be, get through a whole number of points that, uh, again, that you can apply and uh, principles that we can put in place. But I had this thought this week as we have Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head here, uh, somewhat as our characters of Assembly Required, this relationship series. And I had this thought about the dynamic of what is taking place in society right now around this whole idea that if you don't agree with me, then you can't align with me. If you don't, if you don't agree with me, then you can't be uh, united with me. And that there is an absolute lie. It's a, it's a destructive pattern. And I believe it'll actually lead to societal decay. Yeah. Uh, it'll pull everything apart because the truth of it is, is that when God designed us, He gifted us, He mantled us, He purposed us. Uh, the truth of it is, is He purposed us different, yes. right? He, from the very garden, when Adam wasn't enough on his own, he didn't go and make another man. He made woman because there would be the differences, but together the differences would have a fruitfulness that would enable an incredible outcome. And the truth of it is, even within a church context, because of the nature of how we're gifted and we're wired, even the spiritual gifts that we have will cause there to be tensions within our lives, tensions within our church, tensions within our connect group, because that we are gifted differently, so therefore we respond and we see things differently. So true. So we have this incredible Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. It's about one body, but many parts. Let me read it really quickly. I'll abbreviate some bits, but it says this. There is one body, but it has many parts. But all of its many parts make up one body, right? One body, many parts. Suppose the foot says to the hand, so I don't belong to the body. Sorry, suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying it, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as He wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could they be the same body? Uh, how could there be a body? Sorry. As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. Verse 25, in that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. Hear that. All of them will take care of one another. Wow. If one part suffers, hear this, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part shares in the joy. You, hear this, you are the body of Christ and each one of you are a part of it. So good. You know, in that, what I'm saying is there is different parts of the body and we have different functions. Different functions, different call, different purpose within the body. And in God's grace, we are graced differently to outwork the parts that we're called to play. There is a tension that takes place in our differences. 
But like the stays, which are the, the cords uh, on, the, on, a, on a yacht that holds up the mast, they actually pull in opposite directions, but they enable the very design purpose of the yacht to be fulfilled because of the tension and the way they hold things in place. And so today's culture says, well, if you don't hear the way I hear, then uh, if you don't see the way I hear, then let's get rid of the sight because you don't see the way I hear. I only want to hear with people that hear the way that I hear. And if you don't handle things the way that I handle things, then I don't want you to be part of this because you're not going to handle and respond the way that I want you to respond and handle. I just want people who hear the way I hear and that way they can sound the way I sound and have what I have to say. And what we end up creating in the body of Christ is a whole bunch of hearers that aren't able to see, that are not able to respond and they're not able to act the way that God destined the body to act. And we are cutting people out and we're cutting parts off. And who knows that that nose doesn't actually respond the same way the ear responds. So we can't deal with them. Get rid of the nose because we don't want that. And oh, I mean, you don't speak the way I speak and I speak in this way. So the joy that should be in our church and the joy of blended relationship and the joy of different giftings actually becomes a place of tension and frustration. So Mr. Potato Head's no longer even a face and a head. He's actually an unhappy ear who's just, hears this and hears that and that doesn't sound this and that doesn't sound that. And we become very dysfunctional, but that's not the way the body of Christ was meant to look. But if we adopt the cancel culture, if we adopt the, well, you don't agree with me, so I don't agree with you. So you just go your way and I'll just go my way. We're going to end up with a whole lot of people that can't see, can't help, can't act, can't respond. And the body is broken. But if the body is in unity, if the body had every part supplying, imagine then the body of Christ, what we are going to achieve and what we are achieving as we deal with the tension, as we allow each other's differences, be able to bring about the ability to hold straight the purpose of the church. So then as a yacht, the wind blows, as the church God leads, He blows, we are able to go and lead and serve and love and stand and be the church God has called us to be. Amazing, babe. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely love it. Maybe just the thought in that is, again, the enemy's goal in conflict is to create an us and them. Mm. What was we now becomes a they mm. and creates separation. Hear this. When God, when God saw the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 being built, He said, because they have a unified voice, nothing will be impossible. So God saw the strength of unity in the enemy and separated their voice. Then Jesus comes and we read and we know out of Galatians 3.28 that through Christ, we are now unified as one. There will be neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ. Then do not be deceived. The enemy's goal is to now try and separate the believer's voice. God used the separation of voice to defeat the enemy. The enemy will try and use the separation of our voice, our ability to unite, to stay in alignment with God's Word that He would try and divide us. But in this season, we are declaring and we're determined it's a building season and therefore we are going to communicate together, embrace different opportunities, embrace different perspectives to hold the tension to stay as the purposed plan that God has for us. So, so good. And I think a, a powerful thing to help build unity is 
to remove ourselves from the position of judge. Yeah, good. It's something that I have noticed in this season is how easy it can be for us to judge. And I think it's just the reality of being removed from each other. Like, let's be honest, it is easy to judge someone when we are removed from their situation. I remember before we were parents, I would look at <laughs> parents who used like leashes on their kids. And I would think, how could you do that to your children? Like, they're not animals. But now that I'm a parent, I'm like, they're absolutely brilliant. Like, we need to bring that back for homeschooling. Like, I'm going to actually chain you to the table so that you will do your work. Like, it's amazing. But wow. I was so... <laughs> Pray for us, guys. Pray for us. Pray for our children. <laughs> but I was so judgmental because I was removed from the situation. And it's the same today because we're removed yeah, from true. each other. We can so easily fall into judgment of each other. You know, we can scroll through Insta and see a post that someone's done and immediately make a judgment about them. Mm. We can see a selfie that someone has done and think, well, man, why would you post a selfie at a time like this? Like there's so much going on in the world. We can make so many judgments and it's just simply a photo. Or we can hear something about somebody in this season and just jump to a conclusion before we know the facts. Like oh. it's just so easy in this season for that to happen because we're removed from each other relationally, you know, face to face. So We've got to yeah. make sure we work really hard at not letting judgments so in. Good. I was actually talking to one of our team this week and they were saying, you know what, just through going through social media, I was starting to get really frustrated with people and right. I ended up just deleting Insta because I didn't want it to wreck my relationships because relationships right. are more important than social media. And I thought, mate, that is brilliant. Mm. If you find yourself getting angry at people because of posts, mate, the relationship is what matters. Yeah. The relationship is what is important. Let's make sure our opinions don't get in the way of relationship with people. And I suppose on that, as well, let's keep prioritising connect groups, making sure we are yes. making that time for each other relationally. I know it's through Zoom. I know we're over Zoom, but it's still building yeah. together. It's yeah. still building relation relationally. So let's make sure we keep prioritising that. And I just love what Romans 2 verse 1 to 4 says, and this is so challenging. It says, those people are on the dark spiral downwards. But if you think it leaves you on high ground where you can point your finger at others, think again. Every time you criticise someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Boom. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detention in your own crimes and misdemeanours. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done. You didn't think you did that just by pointing your finger at others, that you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on you hard? Or did you think that because He's such a nice God, He'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but He's not soft. In kindness, He takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into radical life change. I mean, snap, how challenging is that? Let's get our eyes off judging each other and instead look at our own life and go, you know what? God is in the place of judge and I wanna make sure 
I'm doing everything to live my life right today, that God would be pleased with me, that He wouldn't look at my life and think, you know what, there's all these things to work out. No, I'm living my life in surrender to Him and abandonment to Him going, you know what, God, You are my judge and I live for that, not looking at judging others, but putting You on the throne of judgment, not myself. Woo! (laughs) There's a fire symbol in the chat. Throw it up. So good, babe. That was amazing. It's true. Incredible. But let's have that thought again. We all, no doubt, have phones. You have a device. But that device at the season, in the season we're in, is incredibly divisive. So have you got a device that's a tool for you? Or have you got a divisive instrument in your hand that's dividing you? And I think all of us, it would be good to take a self-assessment of going, is what I'm looking at, how much I'm into this. We need to be informed. Totally. But it, goes, it crosses over from being informed to all of a sudden being upset and being angry and being activated in something. And I just uh, think it's important that we really take a self-check in that in this season. Please do your own self-assessment in that uh, because it, it, allows, it enables you to be healthier on the inside. It enables me to think clearer uh, because I know for me, I'm limiting it. I'm cutting it back because you just, you just get so caught in it. But I think one of the things within perspective is, is when it comes to conflict, I always just say, believe the best. Believe the best, mm. all right? Believe, don't believe the worst when you see something. Believe the best yeah. when you see a scenario, when you see something that you don't quite understand. When something took place or someone said something that created conflict, don't believe, oh, they meant that and they had a motive to try and hurt me. No, no, no. I always say, try, believe the best. Because the truth is, is there is going to be within faith, Within the things of Scripture, there are disputable matters. Right now, there are disputable matters that are taking place throughout what we are all facing, whether it be lockdowns, whether it be the process out of lockdowns, whether it be vaccinations, whether it be other dynamics that are taking place, economy stuff, health things. There is a lot of serious things that are going on at the moment, and they are disputable. One person will happily say, you know what, I'll lock down for as long as I need to. Another person will say, these have to change and I'm going to say something about it. But please believe the best that each person isn't somebody that is therefore against you. Again, oh, I don't agree with them. Take that piece off. No, we've actually got to learn how to be okay with differences of opinions yes. and differences of views and trust that their heart is a heart that actually is leaning into God to be able to go where God is leading them. Because again, judgment would say, oh, I want to judge on that. No, let God do what God needs to do. Keep your heart clear and be able to move forward on that. One thing of wisdom that I do want to speak to in this season, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but how we communicate our disagreement with what's going on matters. In relation to obviously people going publicly onto the streets, to be able to confront the reality of lockdowns. I understand that for some people making a stand, that is something that you actually feel led to do. But one thing I do believe when it comes to how it's done is I don't believe that there is anything that God smiles upon when it becomes angry, tense, violent, and all of that sort of stuff starts to take place. That doesn't have the Spirit of God on it. That doesn't have His heart on it. I'm not advocating riots and I'm not advocating going out into marches and all that. But at the same time, what I am saying is how we communicate the disputable things matters. And I know that Jesus spoke to it when even He was arrested. He said, I am not leading a rebellion here. Guys, I'm I'm not leading a rebellion. Put your sword away, Peter. This is not what I want to lead in this moment. 
And I believe God wants to lead out of peace. And so therefore I say, when we are communicating, are we communicating out of rage or revelation? Rage or revelation? If we communicate out of rage, it blames and breaks down. But if we communicate out of a revelation, it brings light and builds up. It may confront some stuff. It may be hard to hear at times, but if it's with the right spirit and it's got the right revelation and it's in a way that wants to build collectively together, then it's going to build and it's going to bring light. So uh, actually, if you want to read more on this, Romans 14 is a great scripture to read because here the Apostle Paul is actually speaking to what was the conservative uh, Christians, more of the Jewish side and more the liberal Gentile Christians. And he's speaking to them about how you guys need to co-work together and understand that you're gonna not see eye to eye on everything, but you're one body. Guys, you're one body. Don't lose sight of that, all right? And have grace for one another and realise each other has different stories and sees it from different perspectives and let them lead unto the way God has called them to lead. So good. It's awesome. The next thing we wanted to look at is in dealing with conflict, how we need to grow our perspective. And, you know, it is the easiest thing when it comes to perspective just to see things one way. But when we do that, it's not healthy. Mm. You know, like driving a car, it's not healthy just to see from one point of view. That's why we need our rear vision mirror. That's where we need our side mirrors so we can see from other angles. You know, it's the same with lockdown. Lockdown can be very hard if we see things just through our perspective. That's why we need to keep lifting our eyes Mm. to see from God's perspective. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, so that we keep lifting our eyes. And when it comes to conflict, it's the same too, that we make sure that we have a healthy perspective in the middle of it, that Mm. we're not just seeing from our point of view. Because when we do that, man, we get immer- like we get drain- uh, drowning in it. You know, we, we relay conversations over and over again in our head. It gets mm. more and more intense because we build our case. We go through scenarios over and over again, and it just intensifies it and makes the conflict very heavy. So what we need to learn to do is see from different perspectives. So try to see from the other person's perspective, yeah. see from the other person's point of view. And I know it's something that I've really had to work on when it comes to our marriage, trying to see things from Craig's point of view. Because as soon as I do that- Because my point of view is always right. Oh my gosh, so not true. <laughs> Who knows that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if I do- it, Immediately, it just creates a lightness in the conflict because I'm trying to see from his point of view. I remember when we were first married, a big conflict, a challenge that we had is Craig would always want to go surfing when it was our day to hang together. And I would be like, well, where's the time that we can have, you know, quality time as part of my love languages. It's just one of my five love love languages. Such good time together right now. So I'm like, you just keep going surfing. But I had to see it from his point of view too, in that surfing was what replenished him. And he actually, when he surfs, he comes back a better man. So it's actually good for me to release him to surf. But I appreciate appreciated too when I communicated that Craig saw things from my point of view and wouldn't stay out for hours and hours and hours, but that he would come in at a decent time so that we could still have time to hang. <laughs> wow. It's amazing what you learn in the middle there. of a message, isn't it? <laughs> but no, it's true. It's, it's that ability to have perspective. And I remember 
Actually, uh, we would often leave around 4, 4.30 in the morning so that we could get out before first light and get home as early as possible and, and a whole bunch of boys. And that wasn't just about me. That was because the surfers good at that time too. <laughs> yeah, that might be true as too. As a disclaimer. But there'd be times that honestly it would just get better and better and I'd be looking at the clock going, we've got to go, we've got to go. And, uh, you know, there'll always be another barrel, but there'll never be another bride like you. Mm-hmm. And so I remember mm-hmm. saying to the boys, boys, get in, we've got to go, I'm going to be late, I'm going to get executed. <laughs> and so, uh, but again, it's that ability to give and to take. But I think a couple of things for me when it comes to perspective, I ask myself when there's conflict going on, whether it be, uh, you know, personal relationship or whether it be in, in leading church or whether it be in leading staff and different dynamics is, is how could they have seen it? In regards to what I've they've responded or how things have played out, how, how could they have seen it? Try and put myself in their shoes. Um, what do I know that's going on in their world? So often what comes out on the surface is because of something that's happening on on the inside. Mm. And sometimes we'll see people react in certain ways and we think that's just the face of it, but actually there's something going on behind it. So I'll always yeah. ask, but is there something else deeper? Yeah. Really, that's not the issue. The outburst isn't the issue. It's something going on on the inside. What else is going on in their world? Um, uh, and it's not about just justifying what people have done, but um, I always say, how can I relate? How can I relate to this? How can I respond relationally uh, and not destructively? You know, I love that Jesus, when the woman was caught in adultery, according to the religion and the law of the time, what they were doing was right. But according to relationship, His grace was enough. And so, you know, like he, he's, he's putting everybody, He puts all of them in her shoes and says, you who is without fault, you cast the first stone. So law and religion said throw the stone, but relationship and grace said, hang on, no one's better than the other. We are all in need of the grace of God. And I think for me personally, if I was to be honest with you, I actually find it really hard to start conflict conversations. I find it hard to start them. Uh, But the reality is I really value them. And I love having conflict conversations because my motive is for us to come to a, an outcome where there's increased unity and, and where God can speak. And if there needs to be forgiveness, we forgive or, you know, where we need to come to another solution and recreate something, then we're able to do that. But to start the conversation is hard. Uh, but the reality is the outcome isn't harmful. It's actually healing. Uh, the, the outcome is healing if we would go to that conversation and with the right motive. But so a quick tip for some of the things I've used in the past when it comes to starting a conflict conversation You might want to write these down if you are like me in that or you find it really hard, you don't like conflict, is to actually start the conversation with the person face-to-face or on the phone if in the season we're in, is to actually say, hey, I'm not good at these conversations. So therefore, you're not coming like you've got it all figured out and you already know the way and your angle and what you're going to say. I'm not good at these conversations, but I did want to talk about this, all right? And so really clearly saying, I struggle with this, but we do need to talk about this. And that then brings it really clear for the person hearing that for the first time and receiving that to go, okay, let's have this conversation. Or another way to start is, I'm not sure you even realise you said this, but when you said this, this is how it made me feel. I'm not sure when you posted that, what that meant to me, but this is how it made me feel. And having that opportunity to, again, engage in a way that assumes the best. The motive of it is to resolve things and I've loved it at times that Nadia said to me, Craig, I, I don't know if you even realised, but when you said that, this is the way it came across. I so value that because it gives me an awareness of an outside perspective that I, in my own view, couldn't tell and couldn't see. 
But understand, one tip I've learned over the years is don't try and resolve in a hallway something that needs half an hour. That makes sense? A hallway conversation is sometimes what we want to try and resolve something that needs at least half an hour to have a deep conversation and go to the detail. Be intentional and purposeful in setting up the right time and the right place to have the right conversation that's needed. Don't just try and whim it through a walk past and think you're gonna resolve what really needs to be resolved. So good. And uh, we are gonna start to get to our last point. And um, our last point here is vent our emotions in the right way. And I, I think this is a biggie in this season because we can be so frustrated and there can be so many emotions that are just simmering right there. And I mean, I had one of those days yesterday where I just felt so much frustration. And what we can do if we don't process that frustration in the right way is that we take it out on those that we love the most. You know, I can take it out on Craig, I can take it out on the kids, get snappy, get, get short with my answers. And we have to make sure that we guard our emotions in this season and we process it the right way. So I just had to have time with God and just go, God, this is what I'm feeling. Help me process this. And it's amazing, you know, often when we feel angry, Anger is a secondary emotion to what's really going on. And so we need, if we are feeling in that space, you actually need time with God to go, God, what's at the root here? Is it disappointment? Is it insecurity? Is it fear? Is it um, anxiety? Like what's going on here? Having time with God to process your emotions. And I just love that God wants that. He wants us to be real with Him. He wants us to just go and do a dump fest of this is how I feel, God. Can you help me process that stuff so I'm not dumping it on Craig. I'm not dumping it on the kids. I'm the best version of who I can be to them because I've gone into my worship space and processed things in the right way. And I just love what Proverbs 14 verse 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So let's just make sure that we are slow to anger. You know, when we feel it simmering, that we get ourselves out of that space, that we can process it, that we're not allowing it to simmer and then explode in a moment, but that we're processing our emotions in a healthy way. Yeah, it's so good. And I think as well, practically in this season, you know, be sure to put disciplines in your life. Obviously, priority is the Word of God, prayer, time to hear from Him, refreshed in what He wants to speak into your heart. But equally, not equally, sorry, but I think outside of that is the other things, discipline with when we're going to bed, disciplines with what we're eating and putting into ourselves. They're either gonna make us feel lethargic and heavier and down on things, or they're gonna enable us to feel like, you know, again, that we're at the full best version of ourselves to be able to accommodate and do what we need to do. The other side of it is exercise, get out, go for a run, go for a bike, go for a walk, whatever it might be, get out, Create some exertion, create there to still be a sense of my, I'm functioning, my body is working. Get a little home workout routine going. Do it with the family, do it with the kids or you know, find somebody, again, that you're on Strava, you can do some running challenges with or whatever it might be. But those things will help as well because your body was created wired. You know, your endorphins were created to be released to help you have a sense of I'm achieving, I'm moving yeah, forward. Exactly. But other things practically, again, just quickly as we wrap up, I think it's important to bring these up Practically, again, is things to resist. When it comes to conflict, things to resist. Resist getting your point across and being right. Learn to listen and own your part. It's always two-way. It's always two-way when it comes to conflict. Proverbs 18, 17 says this really great scripture. 
The first speech in a court case is always convincing until the cross-examination starts. You know, Proverbs 18, to it says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their own opinion. We've got to be somebody who is quick to listen, learn to listen. The other thing to resist is resist being defensive and shutting off the opportunity to personally grow and do it collectively. Resist being offensive, um, defensive, sorry, and shutting off. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. You know, the challenge or the conflict you're going through right now can equip you with wisdom for what you might walk through tomorrow. How great is that? There, this can, there can be fruit from the reality of the friction we're in right now, and it can last and create a healthy outcome going forward. Number th- three would be resist the temptation to wait for the one who caused offence to come to you. Resist the temptation to wait for the one who offended you to come to you. You know, Jesus went to Peter and Peter had denied him. Jesus was the one that went to Peter. Jesus brought the meal. Jesus sat him down. Jesus addressed the issue. And the truth of it is, is in some of our scenarios, I'm praying the grace of God is gonna give you the strength to be able to bring that point of relational connection again. And we think sometimes, well, if I say nothing, it'll just go away. Ask Jonah how it went when God asked him to say something and he didn't say it. It led to a storm, it led to chaos. Actually, when we speak, it can bring the resolve and bring the solution that God is looking for us to bring. And whether we are the casualty or we're the culprit of conflict, we must take personal ownership. Again, remember, resist the temptation to be easily offended and the victim and live as a victim. Resist the temptation to be easily offended in this season and place yourself as a victim. Jesus had every opportunity to be offended and to live as a victim. Yet because He was called to bridge the gap, we are called to bridge the gap. And although offence hurts and it is hard and it does damage us, the grace of God wants to equip and enable us to be able to be the ones that bring resolve. That when Jesus was hanging on the cross, He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of things that happen to us and people will do to us that they just don't even know they're doing it. Please don't harbour offence, become a victim. Woe is me. The world is obsessed with victimising everything. Don't fall into that trap. God wants to strengthen you and the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to be able to lead in these moments and have victory and to overcome. So a prayer that I pray is, God, help me to grow thick skin while always cultivating a soft heart. Help me have thick skin that it doesn't hurt the way it would hurt but let me have a soft heart that I can love the way you always want me to love. See, the reality is, is that when it comes to the dynamic of living our lives, doing relationship with people, we are at times gonna face some pretty huge areas of damage and pain. The truth is, is some people joining us today right now, you're facing the, the realities of conflict that has broken your heart and it's broken your the dynamic of what your life was, and you can even wonder, where do I go tomorrow? You know, we, Matthew 18, 15 to 21, we talked about how God actually instructs us to deal with conflict. And the point three actually talked about the reality of getting others to come and help, not to build a case, not to create your own case, but actually to come alongside you to keep things honest and be able to navigate it going forward. And then it said equally, if that's not helping, get the church involved. And you go, that's quite intense to get the church involved in my conflict. No, no, that's how much God believes in unity. 
That's how much God wants our relationships to be restored, to move forward. And we have been privileged, and I say that honestly, we've been privileged to be involved in areas that have been very hard, very hurtful, but we've been able to come in with love, with faith, with prayer, with wisdom, and bring godly guidance. And I just say in the areas of our conflict, get godly guidance. Get godly guidance. Don't get, any, don't get any guidance. Don't just Google any guidance that's out there. Get godly guidance. People maybe have walked that path before and know what it is to see the restoration of what God can do, the reconciliation that God can bring. And out of that, let's believe that God can turn all things that are painful to something that is good. And I believe that, that God, that's the way God starts this whole platform from within us. Within us, He starts the reality that He actually comes to us and restores the brokenness of our heart and restores. He can restore all things. Totally. And I mean, we can hear all this today and think, well, how is that even possible? It's possible because we've got a God working through us and yeah. we have a God who loves us so much. Yeah. And if you're joining us today and if you're to be honest, you haven't got that relationship with God yeah. where He is helping you, where He is alongside you, you haven't surrendered to Him. And I love that His forgiveness is so available to us. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Bear with each other, forgive one another. And if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. You know, we are a forgiven people. Yes. We are not a perfect people, but we are forgiven. And if you hadn't had the opportunity yet to open up your life to be forgiven by a God that so loves you, now He doesn't love you uh, and forgive you just because He is gracious and kind. He forgives us because His Son Jesus came and died on a cross and took our sins upon Himself. Yes. And for us to have redemption, for us to be made right, all we need to do is say, God, I'm sorry and I need You in my world. And the moment we do that, we are reconciled to God because of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the amazing sacrifice He paid on a cross. And the amazing thing today is that all we need to do is pray a prayer to get our life right with God. A prayer where we say, God, I'm so sorry. And God, I need You in my life. I don't wanna walk this out anymore on my own. And you may be joining us for the first time because life is just overwhelming at the moment. Or you may be joining us because you just feel like something is missing. That missing piece is the God of the universe walking with you hand in hand. And today we're gonna pray a prayer together. And as you pray that prayer, you're opening your life to God. You're opening your life to Jesus, doing life with Him. So if you're in that place where you've never given your life to Him, or maybe today you're saying, you know what, I wanna recommit my life to Him. I once was committed to Him, but other things have got in the way and I know I'm not personally connected to Him. Then today, this prayer is for you as well. So won't you repeat this after me? Jesus, I give You my life. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I want a new start in You. I wanna know your joy, your peace and your love. I wanna follow in your ways. I want you to help me. I want to know you in Jesus' Name, Amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.